listeners in podcast land, it's Left Look. Today is Sunday, February 26th of 2023, and it's me with my friends. I'm Julian, and I have Jacob. Hello, brother Julian. And DJ. Hello. Uh, Julian, are you you feeling okay over there? I would never feel better. You sure? You sound like shit. Yeah, you're looking a little pale. (laughs) Don't make me laugh. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Wow. I am sick. Our listeners are in for an audiophile experience this day, as Julian sputters and snuffles and coughs into the mic. No big deal. We love him. We love that he's here anyways. And fuck anybody who gets mad about shit like that on a no-funding podcast. Yeah. All right. Exactly. If you thought the episode where I forgot to upload my track was bad, you're in for a treat here. I really hate that. We should take that down. But <laughs> um, for all of anyways. our uh, Patreon supporters, uh, look forward to the uh, ASMR upload where Julian eats chicken noodle soup. Really. <laughs> <laughs> There's the most successful. I uh, I have an admission to make, uh, a confession maybe even, and that's uh, that I've been part of the ASMR community since like its inception. Mm-hmm. Many of the millions of uh, the people with millions of followers I've been supporting since like the tens or forty k's in the two thousand nine era, right? Oof. And and also I'm still deep in it. I know all the, like basically every creator. I just like it. I don't know what uh, what does that say. And there are some people who are really artsy and creative with it. I yeah. forgot why. I I forgot where I was going with this. <clears throat> I, oh, maybe Julian. Julian's doing ASMR, right? Uh, the most popular mukbang ASMR, which is the uh, term for anyone who just eats food, uh-huh. is just this 50-year-old retired guy. He's like maybe 55, 60, actually. And he's just like very average-looking squat. He lo- kind of looks like a toad. He's got really round glasses. I'm not trying to like shit on the guy. I'm just trying to describe him, right? Yeah. And, and he just is like the most positive, innocent man. And he just eats like the most amount of fucking uh fast food that you can believe like the newest fast food release every day from any chain he's just like yeah i'm there i'm, a- I'm there for that nice. it's very weird living my dream I- you could do that julian he he has to die eventually and those videos <laughs> have to be made every day so the uh, uh, a worthy successor I guess an AI will probably just like recreate it every uh, once he dies. I'm sure he'll uh, sign away the rights to his own identity to like a conglomeration of fast food chains, and they will AI recreate him eating their new fucking shit releases of whatever, like the Doritos Los Tacos burger, and you, uh, <laughs> yeah, and you will just see this man's spirit shell be like, it's mm, pretty good, it's a little spicy. Yeah, that's, that's crazy that there's uh oh you know we're just at the point now where uh where these ais are doing pretty convincing jobs of recreating people's voices but the 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 nuance of someone eating it, it's not far behind obviously no like w- oh yeah i can't imagine that that kind of development is more than a year out right now the way that people are uh uh, in the comments of any AI, a meme that I see, uh, they they say uh, no stuttering. That's how you can tell the difference between the uh, AI voices and the regular voices. Mm-hmm. Is that uh, uh, AIs AIs have no ability to stutter, and no ums and ahs and shit like that. And I am sure that that is like maybe three or four months out, and that like food and eating while talking is maybe a year behind that. Like, you know, I can see. Um coming from my perspective right before this whole ai thing was uh, was a big deal used to be uh with synthetic voices synthesized voices um it would be part of the producer's job to add in breath sounds mm. uh to to indicate you know a pause a, an inhalation an exhalation ai's clearly done that it does it really well right now but i can see there being an interim period where it's the producer's job to shove in stutterings and, and uh, you know, vowel stops, uh, imperfections in speech until the really? AI goes like, oh, yeah, I got that. Don't worry. Now, Julian, do you think you could create an algorithm that does like not a bad job at that? No. Uh, every every three words, uh, every other time after a comma, 
every time after a semicolon, uh, and then at, uh, just through that, it would just appear natural. You know what I mean? Yeah. Just like the stutter stop uh, kind of randomness that I could weave through some ridiculously minor algorithm. <laughs> yeah, no, I could not personally, but yeah, I can't be far behind with how much money yeah. is being thrown at it. And I say I could do that. I mean, I could tell somebody to do that, and it's possible. I, I mean by that. Yeah, a, a layman <laughs> could do it. It's Left Look. This is a premier independent podcast from the Gato Institute, where we will be taking a look at Canadian and international arts, culture, and entertainment to provide you with an unbiased left-wing perspective. Il s'agit de premier podcast independent de l'Institut Gato au nous nous penserons sur l'arts, la culture et divertissement canadien et international pour vous offrir une perspective impartial et de gauche. Nice. More like more like farts, vulture, and vain entertainment. Am I right? <laughs> no, I am so fucking right, man. Hell yeah. <laughs> I have large parts of my family that are uh, dual linguistic, so I should just ask them, like, to, <laughs> to translate that. Uh, I'm sure Charles would appreciate the the new new Percheron per disappearing. I'm sure. <laughs> I'm sure we might even be canceled for that if we uh, seek high. Uh, business uh, acumen or even political office one day that we just like didn't bother to learn the French correctly. No, if, if they if they desire us, they'll just have there'll be a, like a translator on site. Yeah, I think it's cute for now. We leave it, but uh, it's amateurish. It's endearing. It is yeah. endearing. It will show us as a progression. Like you can hear it through the audio quality, but then our our. Uh, Ideas will become more consistent as we continue to talk about them week to week and our uh, ability to, I don't know, empathize with each other and create new thoughts will be more dramatically increased. Yeah, um, ideally, but I'm actually a sleeper agent and my job here is to make my ideas less coherent every week. <laughs> Julian's an actual sleeper agent and his job is to, at any point in time, try and emphasize the fact that I'm a Hitler in his no, mind. No, no, yeah. no. <laughs> you don't need my help. <laughs> see, how can that not be your objective when you see the world that way? Um, but anyway, it's just it's just the longest running game of Secret Hitler anyone's ever played. Well, uh, we are once again on the path to canceling one of us this week. Um, yeah, that'd make a fun board game. Canceling? Yeah, it needs something to be like along the same lines, but it needs something more snappy. Cancel culture. Blue-haired blue liberal. Yeah, <laughs> something like that. You know, somebody you've got to cancel one of the players. Yeah, find out who the who the blue-haired liberal amongst the group is who keeps canceling yeah. everyone else. You are in an <laughs> online gra uh, group chat, and it's just like a card drawing game. Yeah, that's awesome. God, yeah, yeah, or like it's your it's your like university school group chat or something you know something where, like young people are forced to be <laughs> that's amazing <clears throat> that makes so much money oh yeah for sure for sure you just milk the like okay. middle class liberal demographic no, republicans you're, you're leaning into like a, a yeah yeah set I, of I suburban republicans regardless of politics just like oh big okay yeah liberals they are liberals like right. all middle class people would eat that up they'd go ha ha yep yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. all right uh, should, should we start with uh your essay jacob that you put in the group chat there uh don't really want to okay you want you want to start with trains trains are cool yeah let's talk about fucking trains not oh i love trains uh well, julian can i ask what uh what what the train topic is because i could lead in with like a good segue okay um i was gonna compare and contrast the ohio train derailment with a canadian uh event cool How yeah can you, hold on before we, we get to your really valid point dj i'd like to do a stupid one how sure. can you refer to it to, as the ohio uh incident and not the east palestine <laughs> incident like there's so many jokes that are just fucking instantly applicable there yeah. like yeah anyways. not 
not gonna lie when the article first came up on my end i i sat there and squint at it like what <laughs> Which, oh, I, what i feel the whole world did that no one will you know admit to it but like uh well, I, i'd I like to it. know that i'd like to know the naming history behind that did they name that in uh you know like recognition of the uh the arab struggle there or was it is it just like in recognition that that's where Jerusalem is, you know, like, I don't know. Yeah, that's hard uh, to say. I have to be like a local census taken. I would like to just mention that I saw the meme of those two big interlocking fists, those two muscle yeah. guys. Yeah. And then one arm was Israel and the other's Norfolk Southern in the middle is just destroying Palestine. <laughs> You're destroying East Palestine. Yeah, fuck me. That's so good. Oh, that's savage. Mm. Uh it is so, terrible to, to get us on track to get us on track here yeah. uh, talking about trains uh via recently sent out and they're doing this whole publicity stunt on their on their new train their new train oh, that yeah. they've commissioned they've been using the same train since the 50s and uh only just now uh 70 years later are they introducing a new train into their lines huh. And so they just they, they, they just put out a virtual tour, take a virtual tour of the train. And, uh, you know, I've, I've been pretty excited for this new train as a, as a person who often takes the train uh, yeah. here. Sorry, can I cut in quick? When you say new yeah. train, you mean like train cars? Like passengers yes, cars? so I'm pretty sure the engines are also new, but they haven't been talking about them. Okay. Um, I, I got to say, trains are one of those things that, like, they – they last a while, decades even. Oh, for I mean? sure, for sure, and they've been refurbished. I don't, I don't mean to say that it's uh, to speak ill of them not having new trains. I'm just saying yeah. it's it's a big deal for them. This is yeah, this yeah. is like a, a big thing Project. for Via. Um, so yeah, take a take a virtual tour of the train cars, just the passenger cars, and yeah, I've been pretty excited. Looks pretty interesting. They were talking about them being roomier and uh, just overall having better amenities better better access for um uh physically impaired individuals oh yeah and, amazing uh, yeah it, 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 so so i'm doing this virtual tour and uh first thing they show you is business class obviously because i want you to see the good stuff and okay yeah it's business class of course it looks good looks mm. spacious uh man economy class <laughs> <laughs> i'm so disappointed now i'm so unexcited uh i'm pretty sure it's less spacious it looks way more cramped i don't know if that's like the virtual camera that yeah. hurts that's that's the market <laughs> delivering progress for us right right like, shouldn't public amenities like improve over time shouldn't there be like more space for you on the train because the train yeah. moves faster and more efficiently and more people <laughs> or whatever like yeah, and I'm pretty sure these cars are bigger was the big deal. They're like, <laughs> they, they support more capacity, but instead of giving people more space, they just crammed in more seats. Yeah. What if instead of a, a business class where they have like a literal, uh, like half a car to themselves, we made like tons, like as many individual doorway fucking accessible little apartments as possible. Yeah. Why did we get rid of, uh, of birth traveling, you know, of, of cabin traveling, such a... Yeah. Such a short-sighted... A lost art. Yeah. Absolutely. And uh, speaking of lost art, sorry, Julian, I think you were going to say something, but I want to say this before I yep. forget. Man, the cars are just... They're ugly. They're so ugly. The new ones? The current cars have this, like, <laughs> 80s grungy charm, you know? It's got, like, all this metal, and the seats have, like, been retrofitted six times over the past 40 years. Yeah. And, uh... I don't know. There's a certain charm. There's like an old timey. The train is is a vehicle where you want to be comfortable, right? Where you, where you mm. want where you're gonna sit and you're gonna spend a lot of time going from place A to place B. Mm. But these new ones are just so slick. They're so sleek. There's just white everywhere. Ugh. Everything's Ugh. white or gray, and it just feels so. Here's your dystopian commuter moving object. Like yeah. How much window? No. How much window is there? How much window? Uh, I don't quite remember because they had all of the, um, they had the blinds down, mm. in the in the little tour. So but were the blinds significantly big? You know, extrapolate. I I, I don't know how. I mean, they they seem to be the same like. Uh, Just full height. Size, eh? 
Yeah, just the, the same height as you would imagine as on a train, you know, like shoulder level to ceiling and then whatever. Well, however, they they cross between seats. I couldn't really gauge with the with the curtains down. Mm -hmm. Yeah, my uh, professor used to describe it as uh, the uh, the opposition between brutalism and de uh, democratic uh, art forms. Mm -hmm. Like the democratic, like just to relate it to buildings, because I know buildings better. Like the democratic building is mostly made of glass and is seems to be visible, but like nothing is accessible in it, right? And mm -hmm. Whereas brutalism is a fortress, but you can go in whenever you want. You know what I mean? Like, so yeah. It does. It does kind of like thinking about it that way. These these new cars do kind of balance that in a way. The the old cars sound more brutalistic to me, even though they obviously were not designed with brutalism in mind. No, but just that you know that that eighties. Yeah. I don't know. It was such a big thing in the eighties, right? And uh, I don't know. There's just so much charm that they just sanded away. That uh, I don't know. It feels. I don't I don't look at these new cars and go, boy, I can't wait to get on one. I just Do, think are they oh. significantly faster or anything like that. Is there any upside to the, all this fucking washing away of the aesthetic? Yeah, here's the rub, right? These new trains, the the new engines they've got, they are a lot more efficient, a lot more effective. Uh, they have they have a much higher top speed than the old one. But the rails... They'll never yeah. get able... Yeah, they'll never be able to use that top speed because they don't own the rails and they would <laughs> never be able to go that fast even if they did because of how stupidly our uh, rail system is laid out. Oh my god. We have decrepit rails. What kind of society builds rails and then goes, nah, don't need that shit no more? The fuck? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. there should be more trains every year. Mm -hmm. In my opinion, <laughs> like, I don't understand how, like, we sh we are nowhere near the train limit, in my opinion, no. right? Yeah, absolutely. You can, uh, you can thank Ford for that one. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, there's, there's my, there's my uh, tip of the iceberg about trains and Julian uh, is going to talk about something important. Yeah. Well, I don't know if it's important because it's old news now, but <clears throat> I was thinking well, about how, sorry. Yeah, it's a, so, sorry, it is important because East Palestine's going on, right? So when when we relate this old news, which happened what twenty thirteen, yeah. it, it'll it it, it bobs. Don't <laughs> undercut yourself. <laughs> well, yeah, it's just it it was it's tough for me to come to terms with the fact that it was ten years ago. Now it doesn't really feel like that, but yeah, we're talking about the let's pronounce this correctly because it's French. The I want to help. The, the Lac, Lac Megantique, right? Yeah, Lac Megantique rail disaster, which is in right. Quebec. And, and and I think it it speaks a little bit, maybe not volumes, maybe like one issue that the three of us, without Julian saying it, the three of us are like, oh yeah, that one, right? Hmm? Yeah, I I had I had no idea this happened. <laughs> oh, okay. So like Julian's primer was the was the first time you'd heard about this. Okay, my. I, like my opinions on uh, labor and unions and all that are very set, and I I also tend to not focus on uh, what's it called domestic politics very much. So mm. it, it's not surprising to me that I've missed this. <laughs> yeah. <coughs> Anyways, yeah. So the Ohio East Palestine train derailment was in the news, and you know it's a tragedy. It's the result of criminal negligence of corporations, and not a tragedy then. Well, I mean, it's tragic that our society's come to this. I guess. It's, yeah, that's kind of what I meant. But, yeah, huge, just massive fucking cloud of toxic smoke and all the animals are dead. And, you know, it's, it's raining acid. It's spectacular. <laughs> but uh, I was struck by the fact that nobody actually died in the derailment. You know, everybody's going to die early. Like, what, 2,500 people are going to die early now. But nobody actually yeah. died from the train derailing. And uh, yeah, I had I thought about this uh, the train derailment in Lac Megantique because forty seven people died, like almost instantly after the train derailed. Mm -hmm. And uh, just a quick run through from what I've recalled here is uh, the train was parked well outside of town. I think it was being operated by two people. It's a seventy three car train, 
Off Sorry to interrupt you, Leon. This yeah. is this is with regards to the train uh, in, in Ohio. And this is in Canada. Okay, so Not the old one. Antique. Yes, I don't I don't know the details of the Ohio one quite this well. I also don't. I'm gonna do it place. after. Okay. <laughs> so yeah, this Canadian train is parked uh, well outside of town. There were two operators. Um, they'd been on the shift for like longer than was legal, so they're like they're being overworked, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that's pretty typical in the train industry from what I've come to understand. And they did not set enough handbrakes on that train, which it's incredible to me that they still have to manually set handbrakes on a train like this, but that's beside the point. That's going to be important when uh, I, I do the Ohio bit, but it, to me it's not at all. <laughs> and then... Uh, says here, at 1.15 a.m., the 73-car train started rolling towards this town of Lacnic Antique. Picked up speed. It was rolling at, I don't know, like 70 clicks or something. Rolls right into the downtown core of the city, tips over, um, explodes because uh, it's carrying crude oil. I think all 73 cars were crude oil. I could be mistaken on that. 73 bombs. Yeah. And... Uh, <clears throat> Yeah, so there's an initial explosion, but then after that, just um, a, a train load of flaming oil spills downhill through this town, wipes out every structure it encounters, and kills 47 people. It's like, huh? <coughs> 47 immediately. It, like, not, there's nothing here about the ecological effects or, like, the yeah. uh, lingering effects on the communities around it. Nothing. You know what I mean? Not well, to mention the psychological trauma. Uh, yeah. You know, that's a that's a disaster. That little town will carry with it forever now. Well, maybe a thousand years. <laughs> <laughs> I was just kidding. Forever is pretty good. <coughs> that's functionally forever, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. I just thought it was interesting that, you know, these problems that Ohio's having now, they're not new problems. You know, this happened 10 years ago, and nothing has changed fundamentally in the railway industries. Well, it, nothing ever changed, just to transition to the Ohio-East Palestine thing, uh, in Canada at least. In East Palestine, they're not around oil, but around more, uh, e- even more dangerous chemicals, like the chemical that went off in, uh, I'm not, I don't remember the chemical that went off in East Palestine. I don't need to remember it. I know it was bad. That's yeah. good enough, <laughs> but there are there was a a bill that Obama, the Obama administration passed to upgrade the locking mechanisms that these handbrakes were talking about from the model that had been used since the Civil War, basically with a newer pneumatic uh, uh, locking mechanism that was specified only for these like Class A or Grade A whatever chemicals that are so dangerous that if they blow up, we'll just you know instantly make it 2,500 people lose 30 years off their lives or whatever the fucking stats are from East Palestine, right? Mm-hmm. But anyways, Trump comes back into office and he nixes uh, that uh, requirement for the uh, the train industry, right? And so uh, that what happened in East Palestine is like a direct uh, consequence of a decision recently uh, by the uh, President Trump. So that's like the difference there. We never bothered to try it. Well, I guess they never bothered with oil either, but we've never bothered to try and upgrade the safety uh, uh, here because it's just an expense in uh, the administration's view, right? Conservative or liberal. Yeah. And, um, but refer- I got to return back to East Palestine because to the politics there are interesting because it's Trump's fault, as I just said, right? Mm-hmm. But because Joe Biden just a couple months ago put down the train strikes, right, with like executive yeah. action and threat of force, right? Uh, this is bad news for him right now. He this is a hot potato, and he don't want to touch it. You know what I mean? And uh, so he's not been there. He sent Pete Buttigieg to make like the fucking weakest of fucking statements about how the rail industry should uh, submit themselves to better regulation you know stop fighting us so uh, litigiously or something like that i think the quote is fucking pete well, it pete. like well trains derail every day huh oh no no they do not <coughs> um fuck. yeah that's kind of the thing about trains 
but anyways, because they uh, they've handled the uh, unions, the the strike so badly, and Joe Biden doesn't want to be there. Trump showed up in East Palestine <laughs> and bought everyone uh, everyone in the local McDonald's Big Macs the, as they were there. You know I mean, he secured that community and possibly Ohio with that action, right? Yeah, and the. That's the messaging that comes out of this political fucking tragedy, I guess, like you were referring to in the uh, beginning, that Trump will come ahead of this tragedy. The Republicans who are the most responsible for this type, like the conservative ideology that infests the world, right? The libertarian, full capitalism, full corporate governance uh, ideology, it will be rewarded as a result of the East Palestine fucking operation. That's crazy to me. It's crazy. We live in a time where worker power is completely bereft. There, oh, yeah. there is no hope for labor. <clears throat> mm-hmm. Yeah, interesting that this uh, <coughs> this derailment could have been prevented if the workers just had struck and you know weren't driving trains. <laughs> yeah, right. Like, and if they had struck, they might have gotten the safety requirements because unions always are uh, looking to improve safety requirements because. Mm. It is it it, uh, it synergizes with their agenda of improving their uh, members' interests, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it but it also improves the fucking corporation's efficiency, as is proven time and time again, right? Like the reparations that will need to be paid uh, based on these incidents will be in the, <laughs> the millions and millions of dollars, right? And no. that just comes from that comes from taxpayers. Right, the the government's just going to write that off for no reason, right? Like the investment to switch to those pneumatic brakes would be peanuts, nothing in the uh, bill. But because we are ideologically like uh, prohibited from taking those stances, there just will never be any improvement on this. Yeah. Well, it's funny you mentioned the reparations because Norfolk Southern did offer, I think it was twenty five thousand dollars. Yeah, two hundred fifty. Yeah, for the. For the residents, which equates to a thousand dollars per person. Yeah, uh, your town has been irreparably poisoned. You're going to die early. Here's a thousand dollars. Norfolk Southern won't pay a dime, but I bet you the government ends up paying. They will sue the government. That's that will be the path forward. You know, hopefully. Uh, ministerial oversight. Why is that? Hopefully, people in the corporation well, should like should go to prison for life. Right? Is like the most extreme position that I should be able to take online. <laughs> but I do think they should be able to die. Right? Like yeah. that they made this decision. They understood the consequences. Right? These are grown ass men wielding state power. Right? They're fully educated. They've been in their industry for 20, 30 years. People should die over this, right? That they committed atrocities against their own uh, citizens, right? That's the, that's the news here, mm-hmm. and it's the same in Canada. But you know, I uh, I just have no fucking recollection of this happening. So, <laughs> and uh, yeah, you mentioned the braking systems. <clears throat> mm-hmm. It would. It would have cost Norfolk Southern, I think it was $2 billion, to upgrade every car in their fleet with the new braking systems, electronic mm-hmm, brakes. Okay. And that equates to two weeks of net operating profit. Two, new, two weeks of net. Wow. Yeah. So, like, this, this is, it was incredibly affordable for them to have prevented this. But, yeah. You know, that's what? Uh, mental math. What like four percent off your bottom line, and you just can't handle that? Yeah, that's a that should be slam dunk for my position that you know this was a choice. This <laughs> is murder. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Yeah, I mean like the most extreme position that we're allowed to take in polite society is that they should go to prison for life, and I accept that. But like in reality, people should die over this. You know, like yeah. Well, unfortunately. A lot of people probably are, and it's not the nope. ones Men that should be suits. held accountable. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> there should be a bald guy with glasses and a tie who should go to jail for life over this, right? And the 2013 one, but I, uh, I think oil is not taken uh, seriously enough by the industry writ large to uh, be comparable to the east palestine is what i read from the thing oil is seen as 
just so not as dangerous as these class A or whatever they call them uh, chemicals that mm-hmm. to uh, demand the pneumatic fucking brakes or electronic. I think you said, Julian. Yeah. I've been calling them new. Um, so to demand the electronic brakes for like the fleets of fucking oil cars may be out of reach, right? But these like specific chemicals should be like totally, totally reachable. Mm-hmm. I, I think even regardless of reachability, there's clearly like a safer, more efficient, more effective way of doing this. And the fact that the reason we're not is because eh, it'll cost money is such a disgusting notion. Right? That's just hideous. Oh. I don't know. I mean, I agree, but like there are realities when you are running a an empire for sure there's realities but they're all evil you know oh no my bottom line ah my money yeah you should you should have to understand that you're making evil decisions but if you like make obviously evil decisions like evil decisions without any real justification that should be the difference right like there's no good way to run the world i I guess is what i was going to (laughs) say yeah like there are situations where you're constrained between you know Harming deaths and one deaths. group over harming another yeah. group because yeah. the resources are just limited. But this isn't one of those situations. No, it isn't. <laughs> it is not exactly. Yeah, yeah. The, the terrains do deal with those situations, right? Not everyone can have the first class accommodations that I was describing earlier, and that's just the reality of it, right? Yeah. But the, uh, the and that's but the d- decision to go all fucking economy and have like a servant class uh, accommodation that's also uh, not a uh, something that can be justified <laughs> so they play outside the bounds of fucking reason or i guess what polite society should accept yep ye all right well i think we covered trains pretty good trains are great Trains are great, but uh, but how about planes? How do you two yeah, feel about... about planes? Ooh. Yeah, uh, pretty good. Uh, trains, planes, and automobiles is a good movie. Yeah? Uh... I never saw it. John Candy and Steve Martin. Which is a shame, because I love all three of those things. And John Candy. Yeah. I feel like I should have seen it, too. I, I think I've seen the ending. There's a famous scene that's pretty famous on YouTube where John Candy's driving and Steve Martin's half asleep and then John Candy becomes the devil. Oh. It's pretty funny. Right. <laughs> uh, we should uh, we should do that for our next film review since we uh, talk about the three things so often. Yeah, we should do a film review again soon. What was the film I suggested recently? The Menu. Right? Yeah. And then that, also that uh, Vonnegut film. Oh yeah, the uh, right, right, the one, the one where with, the one with Samwise Gamgee. Right. Uh, I totally rings? forget the title of it. I remember reading the Wikipedia page too, but yeah, I uh, I only wanted to do that one because oh fuck, we're getting off trop topic. Just just do planes. No, we'll, we're we'll do a movie fun. review. It's good. We'll we'll do a movie review one day. We will one day, probably. Yeah. But yeah, planes. They're crazy. They're like trains uh, in the sky that uh, aren't on rails, and they have wings, and they carry stuff. And that's that last point is probably the only similarity. Um, Yeah. But in case case you were fuzzy on what planes are. Yeah, those things that you see in the sky that are kind of noisy, and you you squint around and you can never find them. (laughs) The ones that make the cam trails. Yeah. Trails. Yeah. Yeah. The uh, the vapor trails are a very big giveaway. Um, they uh, they they're causing the frogs to go gay. Did you know that? Yeah. 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 Gay frogs, uh, which is definitely something frogs haven't done as a <laughs> weird uh, amphibious species that can change its sex as needed. I wish I could believe in really crackpot conspiracy theories. Anyways, you can. You just gotta. You just gotta dig in, right? No. Those freaking gay frogs. I what? What's I'm ontologically and epistemologically prohibited from fucking believing things like that. <laughs> Unfortunate. <laughs> maybe one day. Maybe maybe when the uh, when the chemicals from Ohio get up here. Ha! Yep, we'll have our own. <laughs> <laughs>
train accident. Yeah. Just right. uh, the fumes. You have to bleep that out, Julian. <laughs> oh. oh, yeah. Okay. Hang on. 35 minutes. Oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> Work for Julian. Sorry. That's okay. Yeah. So, planes. Uh, I read this article recently. I guess I ought to share some info on it since I'm the accountable one at this point. Yeah, the uh, reading series from DJ. The reading series. This one's just a mini series. We don't even need a stinger for this one because we had a natural segue. Um, this one is on cntraveler.com. It is titled, Can Aviation Ever Be Sustainable? Uh, written by J.D. Shadle. Shadle? Unsure. Uh, and it was published on the 1st of February, so about a month ago. All right. That's how long it's been sitting on my uh, on my on my web page here. Had I like pinned. that you have reserves like that. That's good. Yeah, Only if it's it. something really worthwhile. You're such an article head too. I I if it catches my eye, I do try to dive in. Um, anyways, uh, the article's pretty short. It doesn't really. It's got some really like some somebody went to town on these graphic design illustrations they're not they move and they're uh they're not good but somebody clearly just photoshopped these but they're pretty they're really pretty anyways i'm getting off track here the the article kind of just delves into the world of creating or attempting to create in the society we have uh, presently a a uh, a less terribly uh, fumy industry out of mm-hmm. aviation. Um, I think the article quotes uh, something like, um, "Here it is. Yeah, uh, uh, estimated to make up around three point five percent of all human caused climate impact." <laughs> is is the aviation industry in itself okay. i'd love to see a pie chart breakdown of that uh into commercial transport you know uh human transport and then military uh, yeah yeah 3.5 is not so bad uh, no three and a half percent is huge for such not, an insignificant economic thing like fucking plane travel yeah yeah um yeah there's some more stats here uh and yeah you know uh, jacob saying that uh not a lot of people not a lot of people fly no um, it's like for executive class people yeah. right yeah this this article quotes uh best estimate suggests 80 percent of the world's population has never flown well, how many uh, of us have been on a flight you've ever been on a flight dj yes once it was a very short one i've never been on one julian i think's been on a couple oh yeah i fucking hop around all the time yeah, it is. It is exceedingly convenient. Yeah, given given that my, my one my one trip on a plane was from Toronto to Halifax. Julian yeah. lives in uh, like buttfuck northern Ontario, so yeah. he has to plane. I forgot they have terminated bus and train service to my city. So <laughs> yeah, which is which is crazy to me, and and even more of a reason to move. <laughs> to, to move, uh, maybe that's Julian's prerogative. But uh, to 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 examine clearly, this is a big deal if we're using it so much. Yeah, I I think it's I think it's a worthwhile initiative to look into alternatives to uh, maybe not maybe not circumventing aviation, but reevaluating how it mitigating at least yeah how it's fueled and yeah and and that that's another good point looking for other options looking for alternatives to aviation that are less how many how many white men are flown to china or japan every day that could probably be done in an email you know what i'm saying right yeah yeah or even does that meeting have to be so urgent yes what 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 happened to the whole couple week long boat trip yeah, uh, honestly, why not make them take a boat trip if it's that important? You know yeah. I mean? You're not that important to be fucking launched into the sky over continents. That's what we're saying to you. You Now get on the boat, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And uh, yeah, maybe we should. Maybe we should reserve aviation to the, you know, the apex of 
oh somebody needs to like you need to get here fast okay mm -hmm. take the plane yeah presidents and emergencies you know what I mean? like, yes yeah uh, and even then even then like you know the petty tours the the president goes on like oh it took a plane cross country not nah, put that man on the train get that man uh, there's a there's a presidential train i've seen it put him on the train and get him over there <laughs> wait have you uh, have you actually seen it yeah it's pretty ugly oh i think Dope. political realities being what they are you that you need to be able to be anywhere at any time for a photo op so yeah I yeah mean, uh, politics is a kabuki called politics as a kabuki theater yeah but what happens if you're in new york and then the east palestine explosion happens but it's in fucking like outside of los angeles you know what i mean you got to fucking go or hawaii for that matter yeah you know, i'm not no saying good. for a i'm saying that would be that would be the event in which the planes brought out but you know the, the president just do you know oh i gotta make a visit to new york to kiss babies okay get yeah that, i'm with you there get that idiot Airful on the train Air Force One is like a spectacular waste of wealth. <laughs> like, like the amount of fucking air security that it gets, the amount of fuel that it wastes on supporting its own security systems, right? It's just like crazy to me, crazy. But whatever, continue. Yeah, you're you're absolutely right, and and <laughs> part of that, part of that reason is, uh, you know, jet fuel can't cut through steel beams, but wow, is it stinky. <laughs> it's uh it burns very i mean relative to other petroleum i think it's cleaner but no it's, it's among the most it's among the worst but it's just not it? as bad as some other shit you know yeah I mean? exactly that's what i'm trying to say it's it's absolute garbage petroleum burning petroleum's it's not like uh what comes out of cow's mouths What's yeah that? no it's yeah, it's uh heinous methane. toxic mess that's thrown Met into our atmosphere it's i think it's like just below methane on the chart of really bad chemicals we put in the air yeah really but the, bad uh, uh the, but also that goes along with that jet fuel is the only uh resource that can support the economy of launching so many people into the fucking skies all the time you know what mm -hmm. i mean mm-hmm yeah. Anyways, I think yeah. I just stole your thunder on that. Though. Well, not, not really. No, it's kind of a cyclical thing. Um, and to be honest, I was kind of going away from that because uh, a, a big thing this article talks about is uh, trying to trying to find a way to essentially get rid of jet fuel. And Can't be uh, done. That that's kind of the thing right now. Right now, it definitely can't be done. And Never. What about military purposes? Would you shut up for a second and let me finish? Sorry, sorry. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, right now, it's it's pretty much an impossible <laughs> task because there's so much investment in in fossil fuel, right? And nobody wants to change the aviation industry because the aviation industry is earning billionaires billions by the day. Mm -hmm. So uh, you're absolutely right, Jacob. Not right now, but there there are initiatives as there are these days to deal with it and i say that with a lot of resignation because most of what this article ends up talking about is saf saf synthetic uh aviation fuel oh yeah okay Ethanol. so essentially their alternative to burning jet fuel is to make their own out of i don't fucking corn. know corn yeah corn yeah. right corn tomatoes which is just such a stupid thing this article briefly brings up solar planes <laughs> but it, it it just flat out i think in the next paragraph goes that's definitely not going to be a thing until like the the 22nd century at best at the current I feel, rate i feel like that's a good timeline mm -hmm. yeah right and that's so sad to me that's so oh, i just hate that Knowing that, like, we have the idea and the means to, like, try this, but, and, no, we don't want to give it funding. Like, just just figure it out on the back burner. Yeah. No, dude, the technology is beyond us, right? We just assume that technology will improve at a predictable rate, and that at that point in uh, history, the math will work out for the battery size versus the propeller or whatever you're going to use to have solar-powered fucking planes. 
it's just like the best guess thing. It's not like yeah. we don't want to do it now. It's we can't do it now. I I don't I don't think I don't think you're giving enough credit to drive. I don't think yeah. there's a drive for anybody wanting to do that right now because there's no capital in it because all the money is in oil. That's why they're trying to build. You know, they're trying to synthesize oil because yeah, that that'll make us more money. The I don't know. There's lots. Uh, the American military uh, just recently released the next version of the M1 Abrams, and it's it's a like a Prius. You know, it has an electric and a gas engine. Ooh, uh, hybrid yeah. war machine. <laughs> so that kind of technology is there, and the impetus to you know sparingly use fuel is there. Uh -huh. Just uh, I don't think the math checks out on battery size versus you know throwing shit into the sky over a long fucking period of space for sure time. yeah and that's that's definitely the problem right now yeah but what what i was you know this article's it's not super insightful it's not super tantalizing but it, it does bring up a good question of and this is the, this is kind of the question i'm posing to the two of you to maybe round out the episode um how should we how should we go about viewing and perhaps uh refurbishing the aviation industry <laughs> Can I start? <laughs> sure. Yeah, yeah. Absolute, absolutely, but we should set ground rules. I think we should do two different interpretations. One, what you think you could achieve if you had God powers and you could just reformulate society, and then a second interpretation that's more reasonable. You know what I mean? Uh, I wasn't going to do either of those. I'm going to mention something that uh, came up in the book Ministry for the Future. Great book. Uh -huh. uh, basically, you know, climate change is getting out of control and people are getting really fed up with it, and there's this... Um, like black ops organization I won't give any spoilers away but basically they've identified they identify uh, aircraft full of like business executives and CEOs and share major shareholders whatever and then on one day they release just like a ton of little drones in the path of all these aircraft like a dozen or so mm -hmm. of these aircraft and, uh, <coughs> you know, send them all to the ground. People start referring to it as crash day because, you know, the markets just hit the floor at the same time. Um, mm -hmm. All air travel is suspended pretty much indefinitely because nobody can do it safely anymore. Uh, is that a reasonable response? I don't know. But it is a response. I don't know. I, I had a couple problems with that. Uh, that alternate timeline it was cool and i liked it don't get me wrong but like special forces tend to be like at the beck and call of the corporate executive class yeah i mean that sounded a little fishy to me well and then also the reaction sounded too superb you know what i mean i feel like executives are really replaceable <laughs> and that there would just be a justification for the corporate right to advance its repression of the left in a timeline even faster yeah, I mean, it is a utopian novel, so it does take some liberties, but mm. I, I don't know. I thought that was fun. I like the thought of that. <laughs> so, it was fun. It was a fun thought. So you're, you're, you're refurbishing of the aviation industry is <laughs> just to, terrorism. Yeah, just yeah. to send little drones after him, just to <laughs> pester him. Yes, eco-terrorism. He didn't uh, specify because he was afraid of the implications, but the drones are there to fly into an engine and bring down the plane and kill people, right? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. That's pretty, pretty violent. The way that I would uh, refurbish the air industry is that we need to recognize that like, it is costly to send people into the sky. And like, like dreams like Elon Musk has of fucking rocketing people uh, to the other side of the earth are basically impossible under... like physics calculations as they exist right like mm -hmm. the, the technology we have is just not sufficient and that jet fuel is the only way that we can con uh, consistently do what we're doing right now so we need to make decisions about what is really a priority in the air i think um and so basically all air travel should be suspended almost indefinitely for commercial purposes for uh sorry for uh personal purposes you want to go travel to ireland or britain or whatever I'm sorry that you're destroying the environment for your little fucking vacation. And uh, that's no good. Um, 
But there are some things about the aviation industry that, like, no matter the amount of political power I had, could never go away, right? Like, do you know uh, which section of Rolls-Royce uh, makes the most money uh, for Rolls-Royce year <laughs> over year? Yes. It's military engines, and it's uh, all in airplanes. And so, uh, you know, th those kinds of corporate state alliances are so deeply intertwined and so foundational to society like the the nation state and their uh their i don't know self-conception that they have to they have this duty to uh assert their sovereignty will mean that military aviation just cannot go away right and so that has to remain and then i think emergency vehicles like we were talking about earlier like uh yeah, just like uh, the emergency transport of patients and things like that, like Red Cross type equipment. Yeah. <clears throat> and then uh, finally special packaging for like emergency government things. Like what if you need to send, uh, I don't know, it could be any number of things that needs to get from A to B fucking quick. Chiang right. Kai-shek has this great uh, quote. He's talking about the uh, the Burma Road, right? The Burma Road was the road from uh, British India to China that the British sent weapons along, right? And he said, give me 50 of these, uh, I, I don't remember the plane class, it's civilian, it's like PC-50 or something like that. And it's just like a 1930s two-engine, basically what Indiana Jones rides in around the world, right? <laughs> and he, uh, he's like, give me 50 of those and you can close the damn Burma Road, right? And it's because planes can get shit from A to B, like, fast as fuck. And that is uh, more valuable than getting lots of stuff sometimes because you can concentrate stuff quickly and then use it for surprise and you know defeat in detail you know what i mean yeah and uh so that's essential yeah. for governments i just want to lend a, a prag a pragmatic approach also is just fucking put the money in high-speed rail like absolutely behind that it makes so much more sense than air travel mm -hmm. and the intercontinental travel should be fucking expensive you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I don't understand the the optimism, the the rampant op optimism behind everyone in the Western Anglosphere should be able to travel basically with impunity throughout the world for very cheap. Pretty crazy to me. But yeah, yeah, it it is pretty nuts that we live in a time where travel is considered something a little mundane. Oh. It's something you're obligated to do when it's, in reality, you're, you're hurling yourself at incredible speeds around the earth to go to a different point. Exactly. It's a societal like minimum luxury that to be like upper middle class. You know what I mean? Yeah. And yeah. It's, uh, it, it's maintained by just like the most brutal imperial regime the world has ever seen. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah like, like, and then, and then I don't know uh, what I often think of is comparing it to even our ancestors of, a hundred years ago, maybe a little more that, you know, getting to the town over for getting to Toronto, for example, that's such an endeavor. And these days yeah. it's like, Oh, whatever. Yeah. I got to go to Toronto to, to pick up some thing from some guy I talked to on Kijiji. <laughs> In my favorite movie ever, Lawrence of Arabia, <laughs> um, the, uh, Alec Guinness playing an Arab doing brown face. Mm. He says, uh, the what makes the English great is that they can that they have a navy and they can go wherever they want because of that. That was such an innovation at the time that mm -hmm. like a mechanical navy, you know, nineteen, the early nineteen hundreds. This still is right, mm -hmm. and then the advancement beyond that, right? Like that is that is seen as primitive nowadays, right? right? Compared to that, and they conquered the entire earth with that in technology, right? Imagine that what you can do with that. And the Americans have imagined. They have imagined as much as world dominance will allow. You know, like... Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, with their fancy flying toys. Yeah. For 10,000 generations, people have, like, wished to fly through the sky with the birds and everything. Mm -hmm. And now yeah. we get to do that, but we're like, oh, I got a fucking aisle seat. Yeah, I uh, I would love peanuts. to fly. Uh, don't get me wrong. I would... I would love to fly like a biplane or something like that to <laughs> learn to fly but mm -hmm. myself but i just see that as like something personally liberatory but i understand that the resources uh required for that could never be you know socialist uh achievable you know what i mean so well, I, I i've let that go i don't know about that you uh you know what you're right you could probably have like flying clubs and 
teach people to do it socialistically. It, yeah. You're right. It's feasible. You're right. Just like air Ubers, like a collective of, oh my God, hey, yeah. yeah, we're going over here. Who needs a lift? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, I guess I'm against that because they uh, those are always adapted. Those types of clubs are always adapted for military use. Mm. Stalin was the first one to invent flying clubs. Uh, it, like, not a great, <laughs> not a great look. <laughs> All right. Only five minutes left. Yeah, I'm, not doing I... my, I'm not doing my letter. Sure, so. yeah. I'll, uh, I'll, I'll continue on this bit for a little, a little while longer. Another part of this article is um, this, this uh, growing group of conscientious objectors hmm. who, who are, you know, they, they're saying there's a lot of people coming out and saying, you know what? Uh, yeah, no more flying until, until the industry can become uh, not a total bag of shit. We're just not going to do it. We're not going to participate in in aviation travel. It's not even worth it. Does that even uh, does that even make a difference? No. What are, are their even goals, right? I'm sure they just want like more accountability with bag check. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> the, and really, the the option there to improve the uh, the airlines beyond the the shit that people like general people, not weirdos like us, see it mm-hmm. as, is just to nationalize it. You know what I mean? And just have uh, to ha- have the government run it. I, I believe it's more of a more of an eco movement. Yeah. yeah. It's well, more in that a, case, like, oh, stop polluting. Planes are bad, kind of thing. Well, in that case, there's nothing to be done, and they're basically just praying. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah like it, I, I don't know i i can i see the pursuit you know i see the ideal uh, as a noble but it it does seem a little pathetic to put it in not a very nice way mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. You know, just speaking of nationalized you know where canada was a fucking publicly owned company until 30 years ago yeah yeah that not even that long ago it's it there are people alive who experience that I if I was alive in the '70s when all the privatization efforts started to really ramp up uh, um, along uh, like the nationally owned assets mm-hmm. throughout the uh, throughout the developed world, I would be just baffled by that. You know, like you mean you're gonna offer me a offer the government like a finite amount of money? You know, like just m- things that we print, yeah. we make the money, a one-time right? payoff for an infinite asset that's that's the good deal you're offering offering mm-hmm. me and that's progress i'd be like this guy needs to be killed he needs to be killed <laughs> like, yeah. yeah it's like when you're playing uh like a like a long form game you know like a map game or a sieve and something comes up being like you could get this much now or you could get like a little bit for a long time forever you're yeah. just like what no i don't even need to think about that go yeah. get out of my face <laughs> Yeah, it's the year 2000 BC. You can get five gold now or one gold per year for the, yeah. Yeah. Of the game. No, no, no. Imagine that. Like, uh, you're, you're a pharaoh, right? And ancient Egypt, and you're you're managing the tax system and the uh, administration and the priesthood and all, ultimately the farming, right? Mm-hmm. You have a completely communist state, basically, is how the uh, ancient Egypt, Egyptians worked. And someone comes up to you and goes... I have, like, a pile of gold I could offer you for, like, you know, taxi service on the Nile forever. And they'd be like, what? Right? Like, get out of here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's pretty ridiculous. But, hey, that's the world we live in. Yeah. And they, it sucks. Unfortunately, the actors that sold off national assets, they under they understood what they were doing. They knew mm-hmm. that it wasn't forever, that eventually we would be conquered by America and that it wouldn't matter mm-hmm. and that their family and their personal ambitions were best served by committing treason, in my opinion, and serving yeah. American imperial ambitions. They took the route that was better for them in the present rather than better for everyone in the long term. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And just... I laughed at those conscientious objectors, but I realized I am one as well. I mm-hmm. refuse to drive on the 407 so long as it's privately owned. It's yeah. We all I pick our petty battles. That. <laughs> no, that's a that's a fine battle to take. I drive the 407 because I'm privileged. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, yeah, I uh, I hate that too though. Like I could never be convinced of the logic that uh, something that is, you know, as 
publicly necessary as a road should be owned by anyone other than the state. You it's, know what I mean? Yeah, like, it's crazy. Makes no sense. Private roads in like a cul-de-sac to me are disgusting, let alone a highway, right? Like, yeah, a major highway around Canada's largest city. Oh, yeah, we could sell that to you. Sure. If you don't have public access to your house, you are effectively saying that you don't want to be part of society, right? Yeah. You should face consequences for that, I think. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Nice. This has been fun. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the only consequence this week was listening to Julian. Yep. Have a have a good summer, everyone. Uh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You won't say it now. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, yeah. Sorry. You. Uh, oh fuck me.